1: following program is sponsored by mission america and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers staff and owners of this station some material may not be suitable for children listener discretion is advised yeah and to think i used to be a liberal too roughly 300 people that were there to celebrate the end of roe versus wade obviously very peaceful celebration
0: Well, the bottom line comes from the Bible. We are to have no fellowship with darkness.
1: I didn't agree with teachers or anybody for that matter, teaching my children that they didn't have the same opportunities as other children, simply based on the color of their skin.
0: The books today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant, and they're targeting even younger children. When we are counting ourselves as believers, that we need to count the cost of being a follower of Jesus.
1: Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God,
0: all things. All things... All things...
1: Are still...
0: Still... Possible.
1: Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news articles and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four-minute commentaries right here on the word Columbus on Tuesdays and Thursdays just after 4 p.m. And also be sure to check out all our resources for parents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids, and you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Today's show will be dealing with some adult themes, so you will want to keep your young children occupied elsewhere for a time. And that's especially ironic because we're going to be talking about books for children, So here's the issue. Many, many books for children and teens that we will find in school and public libraries are not just full of left-wing agendas and seldom a fair presentation of a Christian conservative view, but they are often packed with vulgarity and pornographic passages and, much more recently, even X-rated visual images— what can we do about this trend in more and more obscene material appearing and available to our children? Well, here to talk with me about this is my friend and an expert on this topic, Debbie DeGroff, author of the book Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book? And her website is whatsinsidechildrensbooks.com. Debbie, welcome back to Mission America Radio.
0: Linda, thank you for having me. I always enjoy being on with you.
1: Well, I always enjoy talking to you because you have done so much research and your writing is so um, insightful. And what I think one thing I've learned from you is this is a complicated issue. It's uh, there's a lot of. Uh, roads that we can go down as far as trying to figure out what we do about this. So the first thing I want to ask you, though, is something you and I've talked about uh, many times, is do we, do people really grasp the nature of the kind of vulgarity and obscenity that we're talking about? Do people really understand the problem?
0: No, and I think that is the the, the biggest issue that we have. Now, recently, people have been hearing about all of the the parents that have been going to board meetings and reading some of these excerpts. And I think that, for the most part, people think that those are um, rare things. They do not know that those are now the norm. And I've done this for over 35 years. And I can tell you um, that I still come across many, many people who are blown away that there are there is even profanity in a children's book and I tell them that I have one book from Simon and Schuster Children's Publishing Division that has over 1300 F words alone yeah. and 900 other choice words and I always say this and that's the nicest part of the
1: book right yeah i mean it's it's not just The language and the vulgarity and the attitudes toward parents and teachers and um, drug use and, um, you know, mental health problems and parents that have drug use and are misbehaving and kids are in these horrible situations. And, of course, this is all fiction, which could be reconstructed to a much higher ideal. And it's but it's not. But then you get into the sexual, homosexual, heterosexual, sexual passages that are beyond belief. I mean, it's like Playboy and Penthouse and and worse, Hustler, um, in in the textual imagery, isn't it? It is. And actually, I think that it is worse. And the reason is, is because they're
0: using mostly fiction. I mean, they do have, have what they call nonfiction in this too. But in you're getting a relationship with the protagonist in the story and so they're just weaving a story that the child ends up, you know, with that belief system. It's kind of like you you, uh, watching an advertisement and at the end of the advertisement you know, you you realize that you're going to die without this object you never know you needed before,
1: right? Right. That's what
0: they do with these kids and these stories. Plus, since nobody is looking inside the books, the children are being rewarded for reading such material. Mm-hmm. So, what is a child supposed to
1: think? Exactly. You know that this is the part that I I keep telling people about. Um, it's not simply the issue that all these agendas are in school and that this obscenity is in school. It's that it carries the unspoken weight. Of the authority of all the adults in charge—the librarians, the teachers, the school board—the kids will not be even be able to express that to their parents. But underneath it all is, well, basically somebody's looked at this and thinks this is okay, so they must think this is okay for me. So no wonder we got we have children with mental health issues and whose dreams and ideals are shattered. Do you agree with that? I do, and you've also,
0: um, you're you're the cognitive dissonance with the children, because a lot of these children still have parents at home um, it, it, that teach them that these things are wrong, or they take them to church and they might hear that some of these things are wrong, and then all of a sudden they're being rewarded. So see, there's a mix there. Both people can't be right. Right. And so what is the child to think? Um, you know, I think we should talk a little bit about obscenity itself, because anybody can, they don't have to take a word for it, they can go to the Department of Justice site under obscenity, and it tells you that obscenity
1: is not protected under First Amendment rights to free speech. Right, right. This okay, is... and it also says, you know, it defines the Miller test,
0: the three-pronged test for that, but it says obscenity is defined as anything that fits the criteria of that Miller test, which may include visual depictions, spoken words, or written
1: text. Mm-hmm. So textual pornography is against, yes. obscenity is against the law. And so we have, okay, I wanted to ask you a question about the, before we get into actually law enforcement and some of that, that we could do with, uh, what we can do about this. I want to ask back up and ask you a question about one other huge issue, and that is the literacy, the dumbed down literacy levels of so many of these books. They're being written uh, not just with all the agendas and all the obscenity, but as you beautifully point out in your book between the covers, um, that they the lower literacy levels of so many of our kids and so-called reluctant readers are yes. being appealed to. And so tell us a little bit about what you've discovered.
0: Well, the, the reading levels in these books are extremely low. I mean, basically, they're 3rd, 4th, and 5th grade reading
1: level. Some are a lot lower than that. And hang on, so hang, to- hang on one second. And those, okay. because um, the important point here is that those are not for 3rd and 4th and 5th graders. They are, the topics are for middle and high school. Is that not correct. That's exactly right, but anybody would
0: be capable of reading them. When you get into reluctant readers, of course some of those books for
1: young adults that we would consider obscene are written on first and second grade reading mm-hmm. levels. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's an issue in itself. <laughs> right. And so, okay, so back to the law enforcement issue. So, we know that this is obscene, so what could a let's say that you have a parent who has discovered three or four books, and this has already happened in some areas that are beyond the pale with numerous extremely x-rated passages um, in their child's school library. Let's start with school libraries. What would or could law enforcement do if they were motivated to do anything? What could
0: they do? I don't know, because 43 states have obscenity exemptions. And I know you've talked about that a lot on your program, which means that what you would go to jail for, for subjecting my grandchildren to,
1: they get away with because it's considered educational purpose. Right, right. You know, however, we need to stretch that. There
0: is... um, a higher bar on minors considering the obscenity issue from the Department of Justice than there would be, say, for an adult, right? Right. But who is actually producing this material for children? And let's talk about that. You cannot sell my grandchildren a Playboy magazine. However, you have your mainline publishers Producing this material and marketing it to and targeting children with pure obscenity.
1: The publishers Now I am clueless. Yes, I'm clueless as to what exemptions that they would be entitled to. Right. So okay. I think we mm-hmm. need to start
0: at the top. You look at at uh, uh, drug task force. They're not interested in the local, the local little dealer that's bringing it in to the area, mm-hmm. right. to the country, right? And, and they're going to stop it at the top, but we keep starting at the bottom, and it, while we're working on the bottom, the publishers at the top just keep producing, producing, producing. It's coming
1: out faster than we've ever seen before. So I have thought the same thing so many times, Debbie, that we need to start with the publishers, and you know would you just name some of the major publishers i did a little bit of uh, looking myself i mean th- that are so egregious we have um penguin and random house we have uh, harper collins we have and then they have a number of imprints then then scholastic has still yes. has is featured in book fairs all the time they have a number of problematic books
0: well simon and schuster is has a children's publishing division that
1: they're the ones that actually published the one with the 1300 F word in mm-hmm. one book. Okay, okay, they have a lot
0: of things, or McMillan really, I don't know of any that really um, shy away from any of this. Yeah. Um, and, and then the problem is people look at the book and they see they see strange names and they think that they're obscure publishers. But they're just imprints of these larger
1: companies mm-hmm. and so if we could marshal let's say some of the larger Christian uh, ministries and organizations to or, and even some of the some of the moms on the ground organizations that have um, taken on the school boards I guess I, I want to say that they we could do boycotts of these publishers or at least bring a lot of heat and light and exposure to this issue and try to get them to have a conscience. Would, do you think that would work?
0: Well, I think there needs to be a lot of exposure, but I think that we we have to be cognizant of the fact that the same people that own these major publishing
1: companies control all of the media. They own those also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. right. You know? and, and so
0: they always come across Trying to attack us instead of addressing the issue.
1: Right, right.
0: And that's what we have to we have to remember. It's always an attack on us personally, and then they get away from that. I think that one of the things that these moms need to do um, at a board meeting is number one, they need to ask these board members. And of course, in a lot of board meetings, they they you know do not answer the public, but is this something you
1: support? Mm -hmm. I think we need to know. It's a yes or no question. Is this the kind of material you support for the children? Yes, that's an excellent way to do it. Get them on record. And then, because Uh often, don't you agree, Debbie, often uh, these school board members have not read the books, and they will come, even if they know that it's going to be an issue, they will not read the books. That's
0: exactly right. And they are taught and trained that, oh, you're taking that out of context. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you, when you read the books in their entirety, you're going to find that it's a lot more damaging than just that passage they
1: just read. And we will return after our messages and continue this fascinating conversation about children's books and the obscenity that they so often contain. We're talking with Debbie DeGroff, who is... The author of Between the Covers What's Inside a Children's Book. And so stay with us here on Mission America Radio. This is Linda Harvey. We will be right back after these messages. Don't go away. Today's program is pre recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And we've been talking with Debbie DeGroff, who is the author of the book Between the Covers What's Inside a Children's Book. And when we left off in the last segment, Debbie was discussing the fact that when parents go to school boards and present this material, they only get one to three minutes to read anything and present their case. And so, of course, they select some very obscene passage and often their mics are shut off. But yeah, that's all they can pick out of these books. But it's not the only passage in most of these books. Many of the books today are completely filled with this garbage, and that is the incredibly heartbreaking part of all of this. So let's continue with our conversation with Debbie DeGroff.
0: And I am telling you, when you read the books in their entirety, you're going to find that it's a lot more damaging than just that passage they just read, and you have to quit uh, criticizing these parents for giving a quote, you're only given one to three minutes. Right. What are they supposed to say? Right, right. You know, if you want them to read the whole book, I'm sure they'll be happy. You'll give them enough time and they'll do it.
1: Okay, so we talked about um, the issue of the LGBTQ themed books and yes. that the earlier books, like um, I did, I've done some writing about Alex Sanchez, for instance, his book, yes. The God Box. I, I covered that one and several mm-hmm. others. Uh, They were not so explicit. They were all pro-homosexual, eventually at least, but they discredited Mm -hmm. Christianity. And you had something very interesting to say about these earlier books. Tell us what you think about that.
0: Okay. Years ago, when they first started writing these types of books, who were the only people who were really standing in the way of this issue? And it was biblical foundational Christians, right? Right. So any time that you had a book dealing with this issue, almost across the board, every time you had to discredit Christianity in the same book. And I always noticed that, and it was very, very damaging, you know, and nobody was stopping to address these books with children to show them where the fallacies were. right? Because nobody, no adults, would read these books. You know, I tried to get a church to read them so that you would be able to address these arguments with the children. Well, now, because, you know, our culture has changed so completely, now they don't even have to negate Christianity. You don't have to make an effort to do that. It's already been done. Yes. In the eyes of the children. So they can just skip that part. It was always done. Sometimes they would even use scriptures. And they would use real scriptures that spoke against the issue, but then what would happen is they would use so-called Christian characters, and by the end of the book, they would make those kids look like they were the most vile people on the planet.
1: Mm -hmm. And therefore, it discredited Christianity. Or, in the children's eyes. Or they or they twist around the scriptures and, and, and weave in things like, you know, love your neighbor and yes. and, and they shame mm-hmm. and there's a lot of shaming of the Christian characters. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's yeah, it's terrible. It's very, very manipulative and totally un intellectually dishonest and, and un uh, un un Christian and unbiblical when you get right down to it. So we have now then uh the LGBTQ themed books are quite often extremely Explicit, and they're not the only ones. We have uh, books that are explicit about heterosexual sex as well. Sometimes yes. it's in the same book, uh, by the way. Uh-huh. But, but what we have now is you have the, the homosexual community coming out with tons and tons of recommended rainbow library collections, and they'll defend these books as being part of diversity. So, yeah. how, how does that work? Is obscenity really an aspect of diversity?
0: And, well, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be because it is not protected free speech. And it isn't, like you said, it isn't just the LGBT sex. We don't want all of this masochism and everything else they have in heterosexual sex.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. You
0: see, so they make it like uh, that we're haters or something. Okay, it isn't. This is not the kind of material that should be in children's books. And it is the ideology, too. So I guess the, the good thing that's coming out of this is for the first time, people are willing to take a look and see
1: what their children are getting. Right, and that it, it's getting a ton of publicity. These parents that go to school board meetings mm-hmm. uh, are reading these passages aloud. Some of them are getting their mics shut off. Um, And and, and, it's so ironic because this is what's available in your school library or your public library, folks. Um, You know, but the school boards don't want this to be out there. They don't want the conflict. They don't want people to understand just what the LGBTQ organizations are defending, hotly defending the right to these books. What have you found as far as like somebody was saying to you, I think you mentioned this, that. Or you read this that they're they're just trying to teach kids about safer sex, uh, but is that real? Is that really what these passages are about? Yes, sometimes they will use that argument. and They'll
0: say, "Oh, oh, well, these are just teaching the children, you know, safer sex." And then you sit there, and I tell you what, you you rarely find one where they're uh, doing anything in what they would consider a safe manner. You know, it's always right. just. Just um, quick hookups. And we have to remember that there has never been a condom that has been approved by the
1: FDA for sodomy. Exactly, exactly. So all of this is just one more lie on top of another lie, and it all ends up harmful to our kids. So, Debbie, we're um, almost out of time. So give us your, your book again, title, and your website where people can read all your wonderful articles as well as your book.
0: Okay, well, the website is what's inside And the book is between the covers what's inside a children's book. And it's only available through me with a hard copy.
1: I do have a Kindle version on Amazon. Okay, it's a great site, and you have done an incredible amount of work. And I really, really um, urge people to get get your book and go to your website. So, so God bless you. And I know this is not the last time you and I will be talking, but I ask my listeners to pray for you and your family, and to just let more and more people um, visit your website and get copies of your book so that it gets out there. Thank you, Debbie. Thank
0: you so much, Linda.
1: <laughs> And friends, it is absolutely amazing what the, first of all, the LGBTQ folks that I talk to you about all the time get away with putting in front of our children and couching it in terms of being part of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all along the way, discrediting Christianity and churches are not rising up and figuring out what's going on and how children are being sold an anti-Christian, secular, and extremely pornographic worldview. And we could stop this, folks. We could stop this. Let's commit to learning more about this and defending the minds and hearts and souls of our children. Friends, just remember, just remember that with God, All things are still possible. I hope you have a wonderful day.